The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more in pitching podcast from pitchels.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 2nd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. We have all these games from yesterday and things to focus on today, but first we have some news. Nathan Evaldi has left side tightness. We're not too worried about it. The velocity was up in the first start. Feels like he's just going to be delayed a little bit, but we're still excited about Nathan Evaldi because he's not throwing 94 miles per hour anymore. Ramon Laureano has groin tightness. It's precautionary he was removed, but it made me not draft Ramon Laureano in TGFBI, and I don't know. I might do it if he's around next round, but at the time, I'm just a little scared considering that it might uh, creep into his uh, stolen base upside. And Brendan Rodgers could need sh- shoulder surgery, and he might end his season. It's terrible news. I feel like the guy can't get a break, um, and that's very bad news if you're chasing him in your drafts. Um, Wednesday's games. So here we go. Hunter Brown, non-TV, one innings pitch, two walks, 1K, had a hit by pitch, two. Not great. Still feels like the guy for the Astros to replace Lance McCullers. So it's just his first game of spring training. We're going to move on from that one. Andrew Painter, boy, I watched it. It was super fun. He's not the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But then again, the uh, the catcher said afterwards, hey, I went easy on him. So we should see more breaking balls moving forward. Is He had a really nice cutter down and into a lefty for two strikes. Yeah, if he continues to perform at this level and Bailey Falter isn't that special... Then, uh, then we should get very, very hyped about this. Bailey Falter's going today. If Falter doesn't do well, and Painter then succeeds in the next one, oh boy, we might see something interesting. Matt Strom came in relief for 11 pitches, so any hype of him being possibly a starter that I joked about in the preseason, yeah, that's completely gone. Uh, Shane McClanahan, ace is going to ace. Nothing to report there. Bailey Ober, now keep in mind, 92.3 in 2021, 91.5 in 2022. That was his fastball velocity. Yesterday, Bailey Ober was 93.2. That's a tick higher than the previous high in 2021 and about two ticks from last year. He also went one for three on slider whiffs. He had really good command, but he's the number six for the Twins. So if there is an injury, Bailey Ober is someone to pick up quickly in your fantasy leagues, and there might be. Sonny Gray has a history of injury. There's Tyler Malley in the shoulder step, even though I really like Tyler Malley right now. Uh, there is Kenta Maeda coming back from Tommy John. There is possibility of injury inside of that rotation. Uh, Pablo Lopez, of course, with his shoulder stuff. So keep that in mind. If it's a draft and hold or so, Bailey Ober should be very much on your radar. 
Johan Aviedo was down a tick yesterday when we saw him. He didn't have good command. Everything was just kind of in the middle of the plate. So that's a little bit disappointing, but honestly, I didn't really expect anything at this point of the year. Anyway, uh, Matt Manning was down three ticks on his fastball just 90 miles per hour. If I was in on Matt Manning, it would have been, hey, he's sitting 95, 96, and to see him all the way in the other direction, sure, it's the first start of the year, and I want to really say that with everybody here when it comes to velocity. If you're seeing lower velocity... Maybe it's just going to be a ramp up thing. Uh, we saw that from Sandy Alcantara yesterday, by the way. He's down like a tick, but that's like 97. So whatever, it's him ramping up. He doesn't need to fight for a job. But Matt Manning, he's kind of a guy that you would want to be showing at least the same velocity, if not higher, and to see him down three ticks. Oh boy, any interest I had, which was very minimal for Matt Manning, is completely gone right now. Cole Irvin looked like Cole Irvin. Um, you say Kikuchi, I've got nothing to report here because it was not on TV and no one was reporting on it. However, another couple of strikeouts in two innings, he had a walk, I believe no hits or maybe just one. Looked good once again. He's saying he's more confident, has more quote-unquote clarity on the mound. There might be some Yusei Kikuchi hype. I might be pushing him up. He is the clear number five for the Jays now. That's a winning ball club. So maybe we can be in on Kikuchi. Just monitor the entire spring training. If he continues to perform at this level, with lots of Ks and not many walks. Yeah, there might be something there for Kikuchi. Domingo Herman was a tick harder at 94. Not 93, he went 5 for 14 on curveball whiffs. This is a fun battle for the SP5 for the Yankees. I think whoever gets it is very interesting. Not necessarily someone that I'm like, oh man, I need to go off and get him. But taking a shot as a flyer, especially in a deeper league on one of the two, I think Herman has the inside track for the position, especially throwing harder. Yeah, that can be beneficial. Again, winning ball club, good defense behind him, all that stuff. Tyler McGill pitched yesterday, and he's down two ticks to just 94, which is really sad because he was throwing 96. I got really excited about it last year, sometimes even like 99 on opening day. And he had higher velocity in spring training last year. Ah. His slider was down four ticks. He went one for 36 on West. First day, he's not even the starter for the Mets right now. There's a lot of opportunity to ramp that up again, but I just wanted to be excited about Tyler McGill, and I'm not. He's clearly the SP number seven with David Peterson looking good uh, as an SP number six for the Mets. Graham Ashcraft went two innings, three hits, two earned runs, one walk, two Ks. That's all I've really got. Apparently, he's focusing on a slider, but I kind of wanted him to, to wow us, and he's not really doing that. So maybe two Ks in two innings, but you know, this doesn't seem like it's Graham Ashcraft season. Um, Dre Jameson has the inside track for the number five spot for the Diamondbacks. It's more about his job to lose. And what do you know? He went another solid two frames. He hit 97, not sitting 97. I want to see him sitting that. So he hit 97 is a report that I got. But yeah, Dre Jameson should be the number five for the Diamondbacks. I'd be surprised, honestly, at this point, if Ryan Nelson is all of a sudden fixed with his velocity and deserves it more, or uh, Brandon Fott deserves it more. I mean, it's really just Jameson needs to be really bad moving forward. I don't think that's what he is. Uh, Aaron Savali just went one inning, one walk yesterday. I was kind of expecting to see more of Savali, but no strikeouts. All right, he exists. He should be okay. Uh, Davis Martin. You're like, Nick, why are you going to talk about Davis Martin? Well, there's a very important reason. But we're going to talk about it after this break. The reason I'm talking about Davis Martin is because who is SP5 for the Chicago White Sox? It likely won't be Mike Clevenger with his DV charge. So who's going to be it? Well, we talked about Sean Burke yesterday. He looked pretty good. Davis Martin, two innings, two hard runs, two walks, one K. I don't really think that's very good. And he might continue to struggle. If he continues to struggle, then all of a sudden Sean Burke becomes a very deep uh, sleeper for AL only leagues. So something definitely to monitor there. Brady Singer. 
This is shocking. He literally matched his 2022 velocity on the dot yesterday, which of course is more to the point. Yeah, he's exactly the same guy from 2021 and 2022. Just a 5% change-up usage yesterday. Sure, maybe that change-up usage goes up because he's experimenting more with spring and the future starts, but this is the same guy that we know. Daniel Lynch also pitched. Uh, it's a new slider throwing four ticks harder, but he threw six of them. Two of them were bounced, and four of them were inside the zone, and two of them went for hits. Daniel Lynch is not someone you should be focusing on. Andrew Heaney, uh, there's nothing really to report. I watched this. His command was kind of okay. It wasn't really something stellar that I say, oh man, this is great. He allowed um, his first three pitches were two balls and then he threw a fastball right down the middle to Mookie Betts that he hit over the fence. And that's kind of was the problem with Heaney before. It wasn't that he was just so home run prone. It was that he wouldn't dominate at bats. He would uh, struggle doing what he wanted to do and that would create these horrible situations for him. So, I mean, this is just the first inning of spring training and whatever. I'm not going to read into this, but essentially, as I've said many a time before, when it comes to spring training, it's about guys either wowing me and really making me change my tune on them or doing something that is so dramatically bad that I need to, I'm scared of it. Heaney, it's just kind of more of the same. And I was hoping to, to feel more confident that him going to Texas is going to be fine. It's going to be like more of the Dodger self, but... Honestly, at this point, I feel, I don't know, I feel kind of out on Andrew Heaney. Um, we have two more guys, uh, really actually three uh, to talk about uh, from yesterday that I watched intently. Um, actually four, I didn't put in my notes. Uh, one is, and by the way, if you want to check it out on Twitch, I had so much fun watching these pictures. Um, I, I uh, had a fun time talking to Twitch about all the things I was seeing. Um, the first one is Dustin May, who, like Andrew Heaney, went opposite him. Didn't really do too much that excited me. Uh, he's thrown hard, but he's not really in command quite yet. Could very much change as spring goes on. But right now, he's not in that place of, no, I worked on this through the, the, the winter, and I feel like I'm in such a good spot, all of that stuff. Yeah, he still felt like, no, I don't quite have my curve or my cutter yet. And sure, I throw some really good pitches, but I'm not overwhelming like we want him to be. So I'm a little concerned in that respect. Um, we saw Nick Martinez go. And I got to say, guys, if you read my uh, my top 300 on Nick Martinez, if you watched me break down the Padres uh, over the winter, you'll hear that what I talked about with Nick Martinez was a couple things. The biggest was I really didn't like how he was approaching batters. His sinker was staying away. His fastball was away from lefties. And how he was approaching right-handers wasn't with tact. It was kind of not enough change-ups to them or you're not really overwhelming with his stuff. I was so hyped watching this game. Against lefties, his command was incredible, throwing his sinker inside and front-dooring that up the wazoo and then mixing with a four-seamer and a cutter in there. Uh, his curveball usage against righties was beautiful. He got a massive whiff on that for a strikeout, frozen another guy. Uh, his changeup looked good. And when I watch Nick Martinez, what's so interesting to me is he has kind of the mold of a Toby, right? A guy like that's kind of commanding around the zone, that kind of stuff. But he has better stuff than your average Toby. He has better stuff than Merrill Kelly. And that, to me is fascinating and I feel like there's something to really like here. Maybe there's a 24, 25% strikeout guy with like a 3, 5 ERA and a 115 whip out of nowhere. 
who's going to be super productive for a winning ball club. Joe Musgrove is hurt right now. He has a spot in that rotation. It's his. He went four innings yesterday. He's got Machado at third base. This is a really good scenario for Nick Martinez. He gets the Diamondbacks in his first start of the year. I'm in. I'm I'm circling Nick Martinez at the end of my drafts if he looks like this through the rest of the year, even in 12-teamers because he gets a good situation to start the season. The Padres are going to let him go five, six innings. They, wouldn't let, they let him go four. Sure, he had 27 or 28 pitches after three yesterday, but this was a man in control and command with good enough stuff. Like It's not like, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible velocity and whiff pitch ever. But this is this works. And there are a lot of times we talk about who is going to be the Toby of the year, that kind of stuff. Nick Martinez has this mold. And I'm targeting this, especially with a good uh, start to begin the year. It was fun. I got to say, that was a fun, fun game to watch. I watched all four of those innings with the guys on Twitch. It was great. Um, there are two more to talk about here. There's Robbie Ray, who I, I, the splitter didn't really wow me. Um, I think he bounced a couple. It was really hard to tell, too. Bad camera angle, and I really wish it was behind him on the left side. It wasn't. So you couldn't really see, but the slider looked good. The fastball looked good. Like, this looked like good Robbie Ray. Like, yeah, I want him in all my drafts. <laughs> like, he's he's shooting up my draft board. I think he's a safer play than some of the riskier ones. Like, say, I, you know, I just took him over Hunter Green and, and TGFBI, and honestly, I think I'm going to have him in above that in uh, 12 teamers as well because it's the Mariners. The Mariners have lots of wins, and I feel like he's a, he's a safer lock for tons of innings and strikeouts. I just, I think I'm in on Robbie Ray this year. Um, also, my report, my understanding is the reports of velocity were at 92 last year in the beginning, and I don't think he's there. I think he's 93, 94 from what I've seen. Um, so Robbie Ray to me is is moving up my draft boards. Um, the other side of it was Hayden Wisniewski, and honestly, he should be the number five. It's not Keegan Thompson, Adrian Sampson. I think those guys are behind Wisniewski. The command is kind of what I was talking about with Dustin May and Andrew Heaney, though. He wasn't really orchestrating at bats, right? The slider is so good. Or is it a curveball? I don't know. The breaking ball is such a good pitch. But the cutter is kind of whatever. Um, sinker can be very good, especially inside the right-handers. But Wesneski is good enough to take that number five spot with Kyle Hendricks out. Like, it should be him. It's a bad start to begin the year. For Wesneski. So it's a tough matchup. I don't know if you necessarily want to do it. Uh, I can't remember who they are facing. I should know that off the top of my head. But I remember circling it saying, no, I don't want that guy for that first start. So it makes it a little tough if you are chasing him in drafts. I think it's okay. Wesneski does have that upside. But I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a cherry bomb because the command isn't so good um, for Wesneski. So be a little careful. But I think he's a very interesting add in 12-teamers. Um, and 15-teamers because you should get the number five spot and honestly kind of run away with it um, as the Cubs should be starting him through the season. I mean, yes, when Hendricks does come back, but it does feel like it's not imminent. And we'll see what the situation is in the middle of May, right, when Hendricks does come back. Maybe they go to 6 May. Maybe there's someone else that's hurt. I don't know. There's Drew Smiley who has a history of being hurt. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Looking forward to today's games. We have Mitch Keller on TV. He's got a new cutter. We'll see if that's really in action. Maybe the velocity is up. And all I just really want to see him getting slider whiffs. I think, that's a, honestly, that's the most important thing there. Tanner Houck, is he actually starting? We'll see. 
Uh, he is apparently starting for the Red Sox, but keep in mind, Brian Bayo is, is delayed. Maybe James Paxton is hurt. Maybe Garrett Whitlock isn't ready to go because of the hip stuff. Um, so I think that's why Hauk is there. So I'm very curious if he actually finds his way back into the rotation. Kenta Maeda is at, hopefully he's at 91. He was at 90-91 in his first game, which is good. Maybe he's getting a little bit harder on that velocity. That'd be nice. I want to see his slider and splitter getting whiffs. Remember, he's been a 25% plus strikeout rate guy. So if you can maintain that, that would be wonderful. Um, Zach Eflin, is he increasing his uh, curveball usage with the Rays? Uh, Alec Manoa, I want to see him getting slider whiffs. I think that's a huge part of his game that he didn't quite uh, let's see squeeze out from 2022 there's still more to get potentially there also I want to see the sinker command good inside to right handers um, Ronsi Contreras his velocity has been down I want him to see him at 97 at 97 not hitting it I want him at that because he's been like 94 95 but when he was at his best it was a really I should say sitting 96 that's what we want to see today from Ronsi Contreras Ryan Nelson, I was talking about it with Dre Jameson. Is he back up in his velocity? It's like 95 plus. And is he looking much better? Is he actually fighting for that number five spot? Corin Burns, is he going to be an ace? Uh, Marcus Stroman, is he throwing sliders and cutters for whiffs? And JP Sears, does he have a nine, number five spot? Waldachuk was not very good. So we'll kind of see what happens with the athletics. It should be uh, Shintar Fujinami, Drew Wasinski, uh, James Caprillion, and Paul Blackburn. But that number five is kind of up for grabs and Waldachuk isn't ready to go but Sears is looking good enough they might just go with him but all right that's going to do for today I'm going to be in Florida tomorrow I have a flight late tonight I'm going to try my best to get this podcast out tomorrow I apologize in advance if I'm not able to if it's just too busy of a morning but of course all other days I'll be back on Monday at the very least and all that fun stuff so enjoy the weekend of games. Um, I'll be in Florida. If you're in, if you're at First Pitch, Florida, please come talk to me. I'll be at spring training games as well. Um, I would love to see you guys. Uh, and if you think you see someone that looks like me, I'll be the tall guy, probably in a pitcher list hat. <laughs> um, come hang out and talk to me. All right, guys. But that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babbles be low and your strike outside.